Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes and Demise. My name is John. That's Ian. Hello. What's up? Hey, it is uh, this little number, episode 100. Hey! Uh, uh, which is going to be viewer Q&A, checking in on some decks that we've played, and uh, look back and a look future. Uh, to yeah, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to. I didn't get a chance to jump in and make a witty title about 100 or something like that. But I something, tried to think of one, but couldn't. Uh, something something century. I don't know. You yeah. kids at home, figure that out. Workshop <laughs> it. Get back to us. Yeah, your people get in touch with our people. So on and so forth. Yada yada yada. Exactly. It is October 17th. Um, and yeah. 100 episodes. I'm really happy that when I when we started recording the podcast, I saved my uh, audio files as Eyes in the Mize EP001. So now the now the numbering isn't going to look awkward in the in the in the archives. Yeah, I I did double digits. I was like episode 0 or episode whatever it was, like 1. Yeah. Actually no, I think my episodes kick in around like 30. Something around there, yeah. Cuz I didn't actually do local recording until yeah, until later. I would say at least a good 50, at least 20, 30 episodes in specifically because there was that one time Skype just started being a pain in the butt, I think. Cause, yeah. So originally, I don't know what program, John can say what software it was, but he had I a, will. I will not say what software it was to, for, to protect the innocent or the guilty <laughs> in this case. It wasn't great. Um, it was speci- It was something that like captured both sides of a Skype conversation. Yeah. And we learned quickly that any kind like i think what really did it in for us i don't remember what episode it was but it was about 10 to 15 episodes in we lost an entire recording because for some ungodly reason my side of the recording didn't capture properly so it was basically john speaking in like a very tinny like from me and i'm like "Uh oh so we quickly learned how to use audacity after that and everything has been fine since yes uh, before we get into um, kind of some of the meat of the topics that we were going to talk about, I wanted to do a little bit of a history lesson and sit, share some statistics of Eyes of the Mize of the past 100, uh, past 100 episodes. Uh, the most listened to episode by a hefty margin is episode 10, uh, My Seething Song on the Reprint Problem. Oh, yeah. That one, because uh, <laughs> that went to actual, I read it, didn't it? It went. It went to Reddit. It went. It was on the Daily MTG when they were still doing that, and yeah, that was uh, two hundred sixty-seven downloads. Yeah. To be fair, a lot of our downloads at the beginning are going to be a lot higher than the ones later because of issues that happened. AKA, it's it's kind of funny how your numbers get hit when you don't have a regular record date thanks to work. <laughs> yeah, I will say that the number three episode of downloaded of all time is our welcome episode, our episode one. Or episode zero, depending on how you want you want to tackle it, which was our introductions, which was yeah. downloaded 160 times. Yeah, I mean, looking over the numbers, like we've we've kind of dropped, but it hasn't been bad. That said, I would like to give a personal thank you to every single person out there who listens and tunes in every week. It makes us a part of your weekly or however if you know just jam through your podcast. Like I, I got. A, backlog of 50 to catch up only do that thank you so much yeah I, from john and myself thank you um you have many choices for podcasts and you have chosen this one a and um yeah so john more stats five, give me stats top five countries who listen to our podcast all right well, number one america by by a large margin the united states of america okay number two is no, canada 
Yes. Okay. I'm, oh, I'm guessing these, by the way. Yes. Uh, number three. I said number one because that was like obvious. I want to guess Australia is number three. Australia is on the top five, but it is not number three. Number four, then. No, it's number five. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> do they classify it as England or Great Britain? Uh, it is classified as the UK, and that is our number three country. Bam. All right. Now, number four is going to throw me for a loop. It is. I got the usual suspects out of the way. You did. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Um, I will, I'll give you a hint if you want. Continent. Uh, Asia. Oh. Is it Japan? No. Oh, damn. Um, technically, this is this is also a subcontinent. Technically. I don't know. What is it? India. Oh, really? Yep. Hats off to all our viewers listening from India. Well, I am. I feel. Okay. Apologies to our Indian <laughs> listeners from India, but thank you. <laughs> um, now, I would have done top five provinces who listen to our podcast, but there's literally only one province that listens to our podcast, and that's Alberta. Um, <laughs> so hats off to Alberta. <laughs> It, yeah, and also stay warm, please. And stay, stay warm. <laughs> uh, top five states who listen to our podcast. Oh, boy. Uh, Texas is on the list. It is. I'm going to guess Minnesota. Minnesota is on the list. <sighs> Fire. Washington? Nope. Dang. California? Yes. Okay. Uh, New York? Nope. Dang. All right, that's three, right? So we got Texas, Min- Texas, Minnesota, California. Yeah, you have not guessed the order of them, but they are on the top five. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to guess the order. Florida? Nope. All right, I give up. Uh, Tennessee is number one. No, right. I'm here. I, I, I should have, I should have, I should have guessed we have a built-in group of people literally. Yes. Okay. Number two is California. Okay. N- number three is Minnesota. Yep. Number four is Texas. Uh-huh. And number five is really close to you, actually. Is it Virginia? It is Virginia. Ah, cool. So there you go. Uh, and then the only other stat that I felt was super relevant is the number one pe- client people use to listen to our podcast. Apple. iPhone media player. Yep. Yeah. Apple podcasts. Not also- even close to being close. Yeah. We're also, for those of you, I mean, you're obviously listening to us on your thing, but if you have Android, we're on the Apple or on the uh, Google. We're on Google Play. It's not even just that. Google has their own podcast app now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and right. I use it. It's good. Um, I actually personally like it rather than listening to it on other medium or sources for uh, Android because if you're listening to a podcast on Google Podcasts and you have Google Maps open and it's giving you voice directions, it actually pauses your episode, says the Google uh, voice direction, and then replays it from that so it doesn't like mute your episode and still keep playing and then bring you back into it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so you don't actually technically miss any of the episode where like you might even, oh man i might have missed a salient point there let me pop back nope even better yeah that's why that's personally why i like it but that makes sense yep anyways um that's basically it of uh, the big stats that i wanted to hit um thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the podcast who's listened to the podcast uh also before we get going i want to thank every single guest who's been on uh those being liam carrie mike and Vinny, and doug um, and then, uh, as well as every person who I spoke to at Pro Tour Amonkhet when I was there, Rich, Maria, BDM, uh, all the pros, and so on. Yeah. I think that covers we need one. We need to get more guests on. We do. It's been a minute. And by a minute, I mean like 30 episodes. <laughs> it's been a while, but that's well, fine. To be fair, to be fair, since we basically had our last couple guests on, 
our schedules Life have has been, hit us really hard. Schedules have been weird. But yeah. for those of you who do stick through our erratic, and again, we're recording on Wednesday, which is now our usual release date because, again, life hit. But that's besides the point. But no, if you guys out, uh, so viewers, I know we say at the end of the episode, but if you do have any people you would love to have us uh, have on as guests or any kind of topic you'd like to cover, like if you want to listen to us talk about a topic, seriously, just let us know. Hit us up on yes. social media and we'd love to hear what you guys think you want to hear us talk about. Mm-hmm. Mainly just because I'm curious what the people want or Do people like hear hearing. the people sing, singing? What? Oh, and content strike. <laughs> and, and suddenly Les Mis. Um, so oh, damn it, John, I'm going to have this stuck in my head now. You're welcome. Literally, um, I'm, I'm literally that kind of person where you sing like a bar of a song like that, considering I performed it back in school in high school like yeah i will it's stuck in my head on that already uh what'd you who, who were you in les mis i actually never i was in the ensemble but the problem oh, okay. but there's stuff that happened and i never actually performed on stage i literally was doing all the rehearsals and everything up to basically about three to four weeks before the actual performance life gotcha. stuff got in the way i'm less said the better on that one that's understood that's a topic for personal <laughs> That's a topic. That's a topic for never. Got it. Yeah, um, I, but yes, I do did musicals in high school. Cool. Yeah. Um, I not not, not for get a your play head in the game. My kind of. senior year in high school, I auditioned for Rumors. Oh. Um, because my junior year of high school, excuse me, thinking that hey, this would be cool because I'm taking theater as my elective. You know, see if I can make it work. And uh, mm. I read the script um, for the for the rehearsal for the uh, auditions, and I was like, oh okay, and it was a murder mystery. And after reading it, I was like, okay, I figured out, I, I kind of know what's going on. And it turns out that Rumors is a comedy. Oh, no. Not a drama. Like, thankfully, I figured that out before I got on stage and, and started rehearsing and started auditioning, but it was mm, didn't help. Anyways. That would have been weird. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the next topic we want to talk about is kind of talk about our modern decks of choice because early, early on in the podcast history, we did deck techs of our favorite modern decks. And oh boy, have they changed. Yeah, so mine was in episode 11 and John was in episode 15. To give you an idea, that's about two years ago. Yeah, it's a long time ago. All right, actually, we didn't really talk about some salient facts. So our very, all right, so we had our introductory episode. To give you guys an idea of when we started and like roughly around the time frame, episode two was so excited for Shadows Over Innistrad. And yep. episode three was farewell to see Drino. That gives you an idea of how long we've been at this. Yeah, our first episode was, was published March twelfth, twenty sixteen. Yeah. So um, I did episode eleven. It was count to ten. Do it again for Infect. In that time, Infect was that was on its upswing to being the best deck in the format. Uh, since that time, Fatal Push was printed. Gataxium Probe was banned. And the deck has basically fallen off of the meta. Yep. John's deck, Storm, was episode 15. There's a Storm of Bruin. There was. And John, how's that deck sitting now? So it got hit with the Gataxian Pro ban. But at that time, uh, Aether Revolt had come out and decided to print uh, Baral, Chief of Compliance. And so now the deck is basically solidly a tier one strategy. Um, It still... It, apparently there is still kind of debate but based on how the pros are playing storm versus how kind of 
the other the storm aficionados are playing storm because if you look at the decks from the pro tours or the gps that the pros have been playing they're playing fetch land versions of storm so that they can play blood moon in their sideboard whereas if you look at the scg circuit people like caleb Scherer um and paul uh, i believe johnson is his last name i forget i apologize um but they're playing and i and the deck that i'm playing is fetchless storm uh, where instead of playing fetch lands we just play 17 lands that tap for mana and it kind of plays a little it plays better in a long game because you're able to hit your mana sources and it helps a lot more against the grindy matchups and but both of them are playing this gifts ungiven plan where you try to resolve a gifts ungiven you get a pile of ritual ritual mana morphos pass in flames and then proceed to combo kill your opponent from there to play that paul you're talking about in an yes. event in philly mm, yes um but yeah so i was actually i think it's like fetchless versus fetchable i think is the big debate because for it's the a big debate at the moment for a while it was whether to run pyromancer's ascension or not right yeah um so pyromancer so uh currently pyromancer's ascension is not very is good i would say pyromaster pyromancer it's pyromancer ascension okay but yeah um, hitting back my deck it's a tier two two and a half it it'll if sneak, people aren't it'll, prepared it'll sneak out of nowhere to steal a, an scg classic i even want to open like yeah. in the last like six to eight months it'll sneak up on you if you're not ready for it because people have forgotten how to play against infect which is kind of nice to be honest yep but anyway where's your sitting currently yours uh it's it storms tier one it it's solidly a tier one strategy it is something that is it it's just a good deck that's just what it is not to mention so you're saying it's basically tier one so another thing is if you look at the price tag on storm Oh, it's very it's, affordable. It's by far and away one of the cheapest modern decks. If you just like, I need to get into modern right now. It's literally like the cheapest one out there. Like I'm looking, especially, I, especially I just if pulled, you go the I've, Fetchless version. Yeah, I've just pulled up MTG Goldfish of like between Burn, Blue Control, Tron, Jun, Human, Spirits, Dredge, Jeskai, Hollow One, Death Shadow, Mardu, Pyromancer, Hardened Scales, Storm. The only one that comes close to Storm's $330, $400 price tag is Dredge at, like, nearly $600. Yeah. Like, Burn is over $680. Yeah. Th- now, these are also the optimal versions of, of these decks, and also, like, it, it, yeah, this is, and Dre- Humans and Jund are easily over $1,000. Humans is almost, like, $1,400, $1,500 now at this point. Yeah. But, um, I mean, certain ver- – and that's, like, to be honest, like, you actually click in to the archetype for Storm, and a lot of them – are going to be six anywhere from six hundred some dollars, like a uh, Johnny Hot Sauce on Magic Online playing. I'm assuming the fetchable version because it's six hundred bucks, and everyone yeah. else is like in two eighty, two yeah. anywhere from two sixty to two eighty because they're playing the fetch less version. Yeah, so Fet- these, fetchable these... storm is way more affordable. It's a little bit more skill testing, I would argue, and I think it's just better. And right now, my good old Infect is sitting. Infect isn't even like tier. It's like it's showing up with. It's according probably like tier one, two one, and a half. One point four percent of the meta, according to the Met, MTG Goldfish metagame poll. Now, granted, that yep. is not representative of the overall metagame because it's pulling only from like reported things on SCG and Watsi and major tournaments. But that's showing at like seven hundred fifty dollars. But then again, a lot of that money for Infect is tied up in fetch lands, mm-hmm. like. Playing four Mr. Reinforce is going to set you back $200. The other fetch yep. lands are going to set you back another $80. Fortunately, your 
shot glands are cheap now because oh, they will be cheaper because breeding pool gets reprinted next set. Yes. Ink moths are still going to cost you 80 bucks for the play set. The real hit in the deck, clocking in at $320 of that $700 plus. So basically half the deck cost is Noble Hierarch. Yep. Literally half of your deck is four cards. Wizards, so, please reprint Noble Hierarch. Yeah, please. It needs it. It does need it. Yeah, it, it got reprinted in 2015, three years ago. Yeah. And I'm not counting the Judge it, it, Now, it is an RPTQ promo, but that does not impact price. I'm not counting the Judge promos or RPTQ yeah, yeah. promos. I know, Those I know. Those don't know. hit prices. But either way, in fact, eh, yeah, there's still aficionados out there. Hi, I play it occasionally. Um, I honestly like it better than my other deck, which we're going to be talking about that in a few seconds. Yeah. Uh, one of our, we're, we're going to, we kind of spun this off of the viewer Q&A. Um, yeah. My friend Sasha Baron Ninja in chats or on Twitter, if you recognize her username there, asked us what decks we've played besides the ones. Hold on, let me pull up her actual question here. Other than Infect, this was directed directly at me, but applying for John Storm, what have been your favorite decks you have played? And we decided to take a slice of life from the life of the podcast of the decks we've played over the course of the podcast's life. Mm-hmm. So, John, you want to go first with uh, some of your yeah. decks? So, I think that the big one um, that was a lot of fun that I played to some tournament success was the Ether Revolt Standard Grixis Energy deck featuring Dynavolt Tower, which is basically a blue-red deck uh, splashing black for unlicensed disintegration. And the deck was only good when Copycat was a deck because Dynavolt Tower was able to interact with that with that with that combo in very very in a very very good way because it either kills the Sahili when they take it down or some other variant thereof and it's just it's just so good it was such a good deck at that time um and it, had I not misplayed at a PPTQ in round 5 of 6 I would have top aided it and I would have felt and I felt pretty confident that I would have won it because I went because I basically I lost to one copycat deck and then I drew with another one and I beat the third one. So I was one one to one against it and I could have been two and one against it. And I felt really good about my matchup against copycat. Yeah. Uh, so, the two, deck I lost to though was uh was these was winding constrictor counters, but Yeah. To give people an idea, the uh, that was actually episode fifty, by the way, all along the Vault yeah. Tower. I'm uh, really proud of that one. Oh god, that was such a good episode title. Um the 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 link we had in the episode's show notes for that was from February 2017. Like, so we're yeah. talking to give you an idea of some of the bits of the deck: torrential gear, Hulk, shock, harness, lightning. We had some revolutionary rebuffs in there. I think maybe counter spells, unlicensed integration, void shatter, uh, glimmer genius, dynavolt tower. Only like two or three of them. Like for for what it was called in the day, like sometimes you'd play like two of them, but you had a lot yeah. of card draw. And counter spells to get yourself to them. I personally, when I played the deck, my favorite card was bringing in Sphinx of the Final Word out of the sideboard. Oh, that, that card is, was so that much. That card was so good. Out of the sideboard, just the one of gotcha. It's like uh, that's how I that's how I basically won against the copycat deck in round five. Had I not misplayed and ended up drawing, yeah. Um, so Sphinx is Final Word. But by the way. my yeah. my favorite time or my favorite um, moment with that deck was I was playing my friend Devin in a PPTQ in Standard in Franklin. And he was playing an Esper Control deck, and I was playing this deck, and I I won game one, and then uh, game two, uh, I just slam Sphinx, and he just goes, counter? I'm like, it can't be countered. He goes, what? And I was like, oh, by the way, all my other spells also can't be countered. He just kind of like stares at me, and it's just, 
I hate you. I know. <laughs> yeah, Devin, by the way, is a, is a locally, or at least within our friend group, he's a huge control fan, except when he plays Bant Spirits. But he <laughs> loves all styles of control decks. Like he played at a modern event, uh, a modern FNM with blue, white Tron, just so he could cast Sphinx's Rev for absurd amounts of mana. Oh, God. Yeah, even though it's not a good deck. It's not a good deck. No. But it was a very, very fun deck, and he had fun playing it. And that's. That's the most you could hope for. Yeah. Anyway, so what are some other ones you got? Because, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely are, a, a hell of a thing. Yeah, the other two kind of go together because one of them was um, either BFZ or Oath of the Gatewatch Standard um, Turbo Sphinx's Tutelage, um, where it, I was playing where I was playing Sphinx's Tutelage alongside Treasure Cruise and Fetch Lands to mill people out at game day. That was a super fun deck. And then the next one after that was Eldritch Moon Game Day with um, Turbo Thing, with Thermo Alchemist and Thing in the Ice, to just essentially storm people out. Both of them were, were base blue-red decks, and it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the common theme here is that John likes playing red-blue X. I have never played a competitive REL event where I bring my own deck, where I have not registered a mountain. So a constructed tournament constructed i've never and the one deck where i didn't play a basic mountain i was playing sheltered thicket which has which is a forest mountain so i'm still i'm still batting 100 there so literally something taps for red in every deck every constructed deck you've bring brought to an rel level event correct or a competitive rel event yes wow i have never not played mountains i definitely can't make that claim (laughs) i have i have i have played the rainbow you have. Um, in you really terms have. of all the colors, uh, I'm all over the damn map. I was like, what color are you? It's like, everyone's like, oh, he's Boris. I'm like, eh, kind of, sort of. I mean, you, 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 are, you, are, you are the Boris Guild philo- philosophically, philosophically, but. Color identity is just, my color identity is all over the damn map. It's, yeah. it's some days it's Grixis, other days it's blue-red, some days it's blue-green. I don't know. White gets in there occasionally. Yeah. And black sometimes when I'm yeah, when I'm feeling <laughs> but yeah. peckish. Ian, what were some decks that you've that you've played that you uh, like? So mentioning the Grixis thing, uh so when Infect got kind of hammered out of the format by, like I said, the aforementioned uh printing of Fatal Push and the banning of Cataxium Probe, funnily enough, there was another deck that came along that kind of dies to both those or kind of you know gets hurt by both those cards too, was Grixis Death Shadow. Um, right. Funnily enough, I had actually, I actually should have put this on the list, but I never technically played it. Um, so I had the shell of Grixis Twin, right, that I had built and finished constructing in paper three days before it got banned. Wah, wah. <laughs> when the when the Magic Online leak happened, it was during a pre-release weekend. I remember this because. I went to the store for the midnight pre-release and nobody in my store had heard about the, the everyone realized that, okay, they'd pushed a uh, magic online beta push that had both. Uh, was it bloom? Yeah. Amulet bloom. Yeah, it was amulet. And, uh, no, it, was, it wasn't amulet. Cause amulet still well, summer bloom. Summer, summer bloom, bloom got, banned. That got banned. Yeah, summer bloom and twin were banned. I was like, Whoa, whoa. everyone knew summer bloom was going to get banned, but what is this with twin? And you know, for, for, you know, uh, and diversity, good riddance diversity in the format i could have gone there with my grixis twin deck sold the dang thing and nobody would have known any wiser i didn't do that because it's scummy yeah don't do that don't be that but 
I got to break the news to my entire LGS of that pre-release that Twin got banned. But I had the, the core Grixis part of the deck with the lands and spells and all that kind of stuff, the creature base changes. So I basically built Grixis Death Shadow because I'd seen a couple of lists do well online. And that week that I built it was the week that it broke out at the SCG events, which then broke out at the GP or the next week or two later. And all of a sudden, the new deck that I had, I went from the deck of choice in the format of Infect to the deck of choice in the format of Grixis Death Shadow. And I was like, great, this deck's going to get banned out yeah. from under me too. It turns out it didn't because it got just printed out of the format. Well, that was exactly. A, that was a dog. <laughs> Um, so that was my modern deck of choice after Infect. I waffle back and forth between the two. Um, I'm more on Infect these days just because of the gotcha factor and that it's actually still a pretty good deck. Grixis I mean, GDS is still fine. GDS but... is fine, but it is a very grindy deck in the yes. current, the current modern meta game. It's a grind. It's a slog fest with that deck. And I mean, I can already tell you what my sideboard plan is against GDS. It's it's bring in. Oh, I've to tell you about the the card I'm testing. It's I'm testing Firemise Research in my Storm sideboard. So I'd bring that in against you. I'd bring in pieces of the puzzle. I'd bring in empty the Warrens. Uh, probably bring in a Braids and maybe Echoing Truth wipe away. I bring in my Wrath again. I bring in my board wipe against you. I because I know that Storm is going to bring in. Uh, empty the warrants against me, which is which is fine. But I, I mean, because I hit I well, the reason and the reason why is because odds are I'll have more counter spells or ways to get rid of your grape shots. I mean, even though I'm sure. punching myself in the face, it's easier for you to go wide to attack around my probably one or two creatures to kill yeah. me than it is to generate enough storm count. To I mean, that said, we we know what the other deck's going to do. But we still counter plan against it, but. Regardless, I know you know what your plan is against me, but against Infect, like some people don't even have Infect strategies in certain sideboards. Uh, two abrades, three lightning bolts, wipe away, echoing truth. Yeah, you do, but I'm, I'm talking about other <laughs> other decks don't have their sideboard they, they slots they dedicated. They, yeah, they have not played. They haven't played against it in a hot minute. So I just catch I just catch catch incidental sideboard hate against um, creatures. Yep, that's really all it is. And if they don't have enough creature hate, then it's just, okay, fine, I gotcha. Thank God Knight of Souls Betrayal isn't seeing play anymore. Good lord, that was a pain. Uh, so anyway, moving on to other lists, uh, Legacy, in fact, um, I've played a couple F or not FNM, just weekday events with it. Uh, I played in a SCG Legacy event with it. Uh, it's fun. I like it. I have Legacy Burn built, too, that I want to take to an event one of these days. I might try streaming or building it online and streaming it a little bit. Yeah. But that's another thing too, is streaming just never kind of took off the way I hoped it would because life happened. Um, other decks. Uh, so the ones that I really love, and this kind of is, this will be answered in another question later, but Mirositron yeah. for Pauper. I have played that at, at a couple Pauper events, uh, Rags to Riches and some Grand Prix uh, Pauper Showdowns. I think it's what they were called. Yeah, this is Popper Showdown at GP Vegas. Uh, I didn't play in the main event. I played Popper instead. Uh, Mirasatron being the toolbox deck that it is, five color Tron, blue white, uh, Stonehorn Tron, however you want to call it. I have a, tr I literally have a, like a hundred card deck box of just a transformational board of that I can take it from just your stock blue green splashing red for Rolling Thunder. And a couple bits of spot removal, like flame slash, to 
your full five color variant with white cards in the sideboard, but you're playing four color in the main and all that kind of craziness. I just love the deck. I haven't touched in a while because I just haven't really had a like once I moved away from uh, once I moved to DC from Seattle areas, um, I didn't have Rikes to Riches anymore. So the me needing to stay up on the pauper metagame kind of just farted away into nothingness. I didn't put this on the list, but also in this in that kind of chain, Canadian Highlander, Jeskai. Um, I haven't made changes to my list in a while. I still want to because I want to try and get Canadian Highlander going out here. I mentioned it to a couple people at some of my local events, and it was pretty good. Um, they seemed interested in the format, so maybe I can try and you know weasel it into people out here and get them yep. playing everything like that. But so yeah, Jeskai Highlander. I need to make the changes. Mainly the changes are kind of more of controlish than the creature base that I have. I know one of the big tech things that so they're actually this coming weekend at card at Mox Seattle is another Canadian Highlander tournament. The second one they're doing. Yes. There can only be one, number two. Um also this weekend at their other location is the Chalice charity event, which we have been remiss in mentioning, or which we have we not have. mentioned, but it is pretty dang cool. They drafted modern decks with blocks, so they have to build. They have four blocks to build a modern deck from a whole bunch of competitors. Go check it out. I'm pretty sure it was sets, not blocks. Or sets, right? But... You know, not not block sets. They drafted four sets: a core set. They drafted. And, they drafted. Yeah, and a core set, and then three other sets. Yeah. The listing is. We'll put a link to one of the Card Kingdom uh, tweets showing the full list of who drafted what down below. Go check it out. I'll be yep. in chat. I'm modding this weekend for them. So that would be hey. fun uh, when I'm not doing an urban race with my dad on Saturday. But the one deck that I saved for last is that standard high that I have chased, been chasing ever since I played it and seriously can't find anything that comes anywhere close to Bant Company from good old <laughs> good old Eldritch Moon El- Standard. Shadows of Innistrad, Eldritch Moon Standard, Bant Company. Yeah, Coco. I'm in love with the Coco. Because that deck was bananas, and I b a n a n a s. It's it's obviously it's so its power level was so high that like people wizards have said like before they got really okay we need to start banning cards out of standard like when they started doing it. Bant Company probably should have been banned out of standard. Should have been banned, or Collected Company should have collected com- hot fix to a sorcery whatever. Collected Company it was too good. should have been a banned card in standard if they were going by the current mindset of how the standard metagame they want to look they were very reticent to ban cards at that time but once energy came in they had to ban copter they had to ban ember cool and by that point company was just a nothing at that point well company had rotated oh out right yeah company had rotated out by kaladesh yeah but they yeah, had I mean, to- they did ban reflector mage so you know yeah yeah <laughs> To be fair, Reflector Mage was just straight bust in that deck. Yeah. Um, I do remember playing against a couple people playing like, oh God, was it Blue Green Big Stuff or whatever like that? Blue Green Eldrazi yeah. Ramp, which was yeah, Red Green Eldrazi Ramp. That, that was a crazy standard. I missed that standard. Like people talk about like, oh, Bant X Proof back in like original Innistrad days. Yeah, I have that nostalgia for Bant Company. <laughs> like that's the high that I'm chasing to give people yeah. reference, but uh currently in standard i'm kind of thinking i don't know control i mean i think that teferi is only only going to get better when ravnica allegiance comes out mm-hmm. when you get hallowed fountain 
Yeah, honestly, so I've been bouncing between the the main, I guess, f- three or so of the format. So like Jeskai, Control, Golgari, Midrange, Lesnia Tokens. Honestly, I've also been looking at Mono Blue, which is just the Mono Blue Tempo tempo deck that's like 60 bucks. It's cheap AF to build. Yes, it is. It's just Mono Blue Tempo. Um, just playing 21 Lions. <laughs> uh, you, you don't want to run away? Choo-choo. <laughs> Run away, Steamkin is bay. What? Oh, uh, no, sorry. dude. I, let me tell I you. I kind of out there for a oh, second. Oh, no, no. Steamkin Romance, the uh, the <laughs> modern deck that uh, Danielle, the Holy Diva on Twitter, has been playing, looks so sweet. Yeah. Um, It's just basically just, yeah, I'd play Mono Red if it hadn't gotten stupid, exp- if those cards hadn't gotten expensive. I just don't feel like buying Experimental Frenzies and... Uh, no, those aren't expensive. What's the one that got? Uh, Experimental Frenzies are like, uh, five, like bucks. five, I think. Risk Factor. Uh, Risk, Factor. Risk Factors are like eight. Um, <laughs> Rekindling Phoenix is still Kings. expensive as, as heck. Yeah, Rekindling Phoenix is still very expensive. But yeah, it's still, it's still a 25 buck card. That's basically... The, I'm, looking, that, at, I'm the, looking at deck lists right now. Like The four Rekindling Phoenix of plays are half the deck price. Yep. But I, I factor pricing because I don't borrow cards. Um, be, no viewer asked that, but I know John doesn't really borrow cards usually either. Uh, I have I have gotten into borrowing cards here and there, but when necessary. Not but not like in general. It's not our first go to. Like where some people no. are like, hey, I want to play this deck. Yo, friend over there, let me borrow it. I mean, I have literally borrowed a full seventy five for a tournament before. I have never borrowed a full seventy five. At most, I've borrowed like three cards. I mean, it was new perspectives, so you know. Well, I'm saying like, oh yeah, oh god, you and that, you and, <laughs> you and that. Okay, so I know what you're going to answer for that card. Okay. No, right. um, the uh, I've never borrowed a full seventy-five. I've never borrowed more yeah. than five cards from anybody for any deck. Yeah, I've I've just stuck to that. Anyways, is it the most productive and you know way to do it? Eh. So yeah, let's get to some Q and A. So I asked on Twitter. Uh, so that wraps up the decks we played. Um, honestly, just my favorite deck of those. Oh wait, no, that's a question. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, so yeah, I we'll asked on that. Twitter the other day. For episode 100, we did a mailbag or an AMA, ask me anything. But in this case, it was ask us anything. I've never seen a UA, but whatever. I think it's still titled AMA. Yeah, it's just AMA, a, AMA a for collective groups. group answering a question. Yeah. But anyways. AMA for uh, EOTM. And we got a couple questions. And the first one I'm just going to get out of the way now because color commentary and Lord Hosk asked it. The obligatory, when are you playing in fact? Uh, I already have. Deal with it. I get the joke. When Ian and I first met at GP Vegas 2015, I literally traded him four Noble Hierarchs. Three. It was three. Bunch, three Noble Hierarchs three. for a bunch of cards I opened, so that he could finish building Infect. Yeah. I opened one of them in one of my sealed pools. Yeah. Um, so. No, literally GP Vegas 2015 is when I built Infect. Yep. <laughs> so, so there you go. Step we off have, your hosers. We have, a, we have a date. Yeah. John is literally the main person I have to thank. And also... We I mentioned Noble Hierarch, like three card the four cards alone being like three hundred some plus dollars for this whole playset. I think at the time they were worth like thirty bucks. Yeah, when they it was still reprinted. a lot, but it was not. Look, I'll pay ninety dollars for three of them rather than two hundred. Exactly, <laughs> but yeah, so that's when that got built. So our favorite topic. I have an answer for this one, John. You didn't put in note, but I know you. I know you have an yes. episode or topic or so. Uh, yeah. My fiance. Lindsay asked this question. What is your favorite topic or episode that you've had? So I've had, there's a lot of really good episodes. I think we've done. Um, I was really pleased with uh, the season with uh, seething song, 
which we haven't had a we haven't had a repeat of, which is probably for the better. Um, to be fair, I, I do want to preface though: we have kicked around the idea internally of seething songs, but it's not for public consumption, more or less. Um, I would say that probably my favorite episode, which is isn't technically a numbered episode, but it was from the Pro Tour, was my conversation with Rich Hagen because Rich is a is a wonderful human being, and yeah. I will always treasure that conversation. Yeah, I'm I'm still to this day jealous as hell that you got that interview with him. <laughs> yeah, Rich Rich is a fantastic human being, and I will do anything to support him. Can confirm as someone who's met him and chatted with him for a little while as well, just on the side at GPs. Yeah, um, dude's great. Uh, for me, he is. It was at, like there was there's a bunch that I liked. Um, I really did enjoy um, a couple of our story breakdowns with Carrie, uh, who mm-hmm. is since. Left the magic Vorthos community for reasons um, that we'll not discuss and get into. But besides that, I'll have to go with another guest episode. I, I think our, our guest episodes are personal favorites of it. We didn't need to get a new guest on here soon. <laughs> but episode yes. 58, Puppers, Poisons, and Presentations, a conversation with Vorthos Mike. Now, this was back during the spool up. Uh, gosh, For the uh, MTG Art Show. Yes, this was... God, I don't have the episode date in front of me at all. Uh, I can grab that real quick. Yeah. So it's 58? Yeah, 58. Uh, but this was back when the Kickstarter was going for the art show. We wanted to have Mike on because I've wanted to have Mike on for forever. And we figured... It was G- it was April 20th, 2017. Yes, because that GP was later in the summertime, which I couldn't get to, but would love to have gone to. So they were still doing the Kickstarter and we figured, hey, you got that Kickstarter going on? Get on over here. You know, that good old marketing strategy, but also just a great conversation with Mike. Love the guy. Um, and it's always great to, to be able to chat with him. It was after that was immediately followed or immediately following one of my favorite episode titles, Almond Cat Previews, but I'm allergic to almonds and cats. <laughs> I forgot. Which is a true statement. Oh, Moving on. Boy. Uh, From so, Yeah, so that's that. So John, uh, is, John was rich. Yeah. I had my favorite episode with Mike. So John. I'm going to let yeah. you ask this one because I feel it's appropriate color-wise so, for you. So, Pharmacist Judge uh, asked on asked Ian, is Boros Mill EDH cool or an abomination? If you can make Boros Mill work in EDH, that's awesome. I will. I saw that. I'm like, did he mean to put a different gill? But you know what, man? His Pharmacist Judge name. Uh, also, I think, he was, I think he got L2 recently. Oh, congratulations. Either way, pharmacy judge is actually a judge. If you might recognize him at PTs, he's the judge who actually wears a pharmacy like a, a lab coat. So if you see if you see a judge with a lab coat at a GP, that's pharmacist judge. Cool guy, really cool guy. Yeah. But yeah, if you can do it, let us know. And dang, I would love to do a deck tech on that <laughs> because holy crap. Anyway, yeah. uh, this next one, I believe we might have answered. In our those decks we've played, uh, it's from Briars Hill on Twitter uh, asking, "What is your favorite archetype that you are not well known to play, or that you don't play at all, but you enjoy uh, like deck wise as a concept theory of?" So I came up with Mardu Monastery Mentor before uh, Bedlam Reveler and Young Pyromancer made it cool. So I'll go with that. Oh my god, was that just like the hipster push the glasses up the nose moment? It was, but Monastery Mentor was not the push it needed. It, was, it needed Bedlam Reveler, and hats off to Jerry T for 
coming up with it in a more concise, competitive way than I did. God, the Mardu Pyro is just a ridiculously... It is a fun it's deck. It's a crazy good mid-range deck. Uh, for me, I would say Mirasatron, but like that's basically my go-to pauper deck. I would probably say my favorite archetype that I've played is my Animar EDH deck. I've only played it like two or three times, but that deck just does literally everything I ever want to do in Magic the Gathering. Yeah. It can combo off, or it can just be a straight mid-range creature deck, or and has counter spells, and it just does all the things, and I love it. Like that's why I play mid-range. I'm I'm used to playing mid-range with Jeskai Highlander because yep. it can counter things. It has creatures, and yeah, um, being able to just start literally bouncing an ancestral statue back to your hand consistently and making Animar just an uh, obligatory large number in air quotes slash arbitrarily large. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, arbitrarily large slash arbitrarily large yeah swing with trample and swift foot boots get in there yeah uh, yeah um or just literally play all the morphs because that draft deck archetype is my favorite morphs um uh, yeah so that would it true. probably have to be my favorite for that one okay metalupus asked what is the first piece of art that really stuck with you um i think for me honestly scornful egotist really yeah that art's really good it is odd what's it is weird to try and figure out what's exactly going on in the art but i think it's scornful egotist i'm not gonna lie i thought about this one a lot and i don't have an answer as crazy as crazy as it seems it's i I just won't tell mike yeah don't tell mike no um (laughs) it's more of i just i appreciate and love the art it's just that there's never been that one piece of art that's just like jumped up and grabbed me and been like, hey, um, there are amazing artists. I like it's one of those I sit and think about. I'm like, ooh, that one's good. Ooh, maybe that one. Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. It, it, it's it, 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 it did say the first piece of art, not your favorite piece of art. True, but I don't even know what the first one that would have stuck with me. And yeah. I think that says a lot that I can't even say a piece of art that stuck with me yeah it's kind of weird but i mean you know what i'll say this it was multani marrow sorcerer there we go i was waiting for it yeah i had to think about it and i I pulled up legacy list and i saw grim monolith and like oh right yeah multani multani um it's just multani coming out of the tree that was cool plus he was like Mm -hmm. my favorite card as a kid yeah which is our next question actually favorite card of all time I'm not even going to lie, it's probably Multani Marasaurus just because of how crazy niche that card is. And when I first started playing that card... Oh, by the way, this this favorite card of all time question came from MCGNerd27, uh, Caleb, on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, probably Multani. That had to be the first piece of art that stuck with me because um, he's got the little glasses on and coming out of wood. Yeah. Um, representing the forest of Yavamaya in Urza's Destiny. No. Versus Legacy. It's, it's Legacy. Yeah, it's, I think that's Legacy. No, it's Legacy. Yeah. No, because it, it was one of the first booster boxes that I opened. Mm-hmm. The very first actual booster box that I cracked all the packs in was a box of Versus Legacy. And I got my Grim Monolith in there, which is where I also got my Multani. And I used the Versus Legacy Green White Precon Crusher deck and just jammed that in there with a bunch of janky card draw in green and white. Basically, Spellbook plus Baron's Codex. Look it up. Page counters, you sack Baron's, like you put pay to put 
every turn you put a page counter on it, then you can sack it and draw cards equal to that. And if you had spell book, you play that. And don't have to discard your hand. And Multani's or star star equal number of cards in your hand. Yeah. John, what about you? There's one way in which Saffron Olive and I are similar. Okay. And it's that we both love Blood Moon. God, that's why you didn't put it on. You, you're a, <laughs> you're a, you're a person. <laughs> I, I have, I've made a promise to myself to never play a deck that loses to Blood Moon. And I haven't played a deck that loses to Blood Moon yet. I mean, mainly because New Perspectives is not a modern deck. Technically it is, but not that modern deck. No, yeah. I mean, and your storm, your fetchless storm, obviously you're playing. Kind of? Well, you're playing enough islands that it shouldn't really. I'm playing four basic islands. That's enough. You have mana morphos. I do. Wait, red mana is way easier to get than blue mana. So thankfully it doesn't impact us too badly. It's just your, it's just your cantrips, right? Uh, Cantrips and brawl and electromancer and gifts and given in the main deck. Sideboard, it gets easier. But anyways, yeah. that's not the point. Either way. But uh, May Keeble asks on Twitter, what sort of plane would you like to go to or return to? John, where do you go? You go first. Theros. Slam jam. Tarkir with an asterisk next to it, only if I get morphs. <laughs> if I go to Tarkir and don't get morphs again, no. If not, then it'll be, yeah, let's go back to Theros. Jeez, I wouldn't have expected that to be your caveat, but okay. Why? I wouldn't say that Morph is the most uh, iconic thing of Tarkir, but that's but it's a fair point. Look, dragons and morphs, man. Come on, <laughs> dragon morphs. Look, I want I I have a soft spot for that time period too because I actually I, I actually won a game day with red green dragons with, with green dragons from yes. that. Yeah, no, Tarkir was great. Um, yeah, because honestly, a lot of the planes that we've already gone back to. I've been the ones that John and I have been playing since we started playing again. Yep. And you can't go to Wrath because Wrath was overlaid onto Dominaria. Went back to Dominaria, so there's that. Hey, we, we, so that means we've been back to Wrath. Technically, so. yeah. The overlay. Anyways, uh, last question uh, from Luminaire. What's your favorite non-MTG CCG? So that's... For me, it's um, Eternal uh, by Direwolf Digital because I used to write articles about it and I still kind of play it here casually. Uh, they just started their tournament series. Um, there's actually a tournament going on this weekend if you play Eternal, which I would encourage you to play because uh, you have like 24 hours starting on Saturday to play games. And then the top 24 people get put into a uh, single elimination bracket. And that bracket will be streamed by Direwolf Digital with commentary by Patrick Sullivan and Luis Scott Vargas. Do you know when that stream's going to be? Uh, it's on Sunday, I think around noon. Oh, I'll be in that chat time. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. It's fine. I've double booked um, myself. No, it's fine. It's fine. Eternal they they just released a new adventure with new cards um that have changed maybe not very many things. Now there was a huge balance change that happened in Eternal uh last week, basically pumping up numbers, making things cost more that used to be very, very good. As an example, uh one of the flagship cards for the game is Ikaria, which is a seven cost five five um valkyrie which has flying charge aka haste uh endurance aka vigilance uh war cry five which means whenever it attacks the top unit of your deck gets plus five plus five permanently uh and aegis which is a one-time hexproof basically um and they bumped her up to eight cost instead of seven um they bumped up the cost of predatory carnosaur so it's a seven time 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 seven seven that has killer which means it can attack a unit once 
Otherwise, it has to attack the player. And then they did a bunch of other big changes as well. But those are the big ones in my mind, um, as well as the new adventure getting published. So my answer is, incredible. yeah, it. Yeah, my answer no, is inc- that, that's basically it. Yeah, my answer is incredibly easy for this because it's the only other CCG <laughs> ever played, which is Eternal. Uh, unfortunately, hey. I got in the early, early, early beta, the literal first round of early beta for Eternal, thanks to demoing it at PAX South 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, life happened and impacted my ability to play both Magic and Eternal. And I just stuck with Magic more than Eternal for reasons. Uh, however, I do intend on getting back into Eternal once I hammer out a stream schedule in the next month or two. Yeah, um, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, so. I, I was doing some of the. I actually was doing a little bit of some of the new storyline that just came out, and they have voice acting. And yes, there's voice acting. They actually have little cutscenes, but they're like pictures and somewhat illustrated and animated kind of cutscenes. It's actually really like seriously, do yourself a favor and check out Eternal. Yeah. Um it's great. Can't recommend it enough. Plus, if you're watching plays like magic, works looks like Hearthstone. I mean, to be fair, I've probably touched Hearthstone maybe for twenty minutes. I mean I've played Hearthstone. Um I've also played the Elder Scrolls Legends. Neither of them hold a ma- candle to magic, neither of them hold a candle to Eternal. Yeah. And I mean, and now we have Magic Arena, which incorporates a lot of elements of those kind of style of games. But Arena is also magic, and the question was non-magic CCG. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, Arena has borrowed a lot of the design elements in terms of appearance of those style, which I'm happy. Yes. Because I like that. It's nice. But yes. Anyway. Eternal. That's the answer to that. So that was basically the questions we got. Uh, Thank you to everybody who asked questions. There were some other ones. Yes, my room is clean. You know who you are, Aaron. (laughs) Um, And I did cheat to the person who asked me what the capital of Slovenia is. I would not have gotten that one right. Anywho. Neither would I. Yeah, we would have both butchered the crap out of that name. But the way forward. So we are at episode 100. It took us a while to get here. It was what, March 2016? Yes. Yeah, it took us two and a half years. Yep. To get here. A little slower, but considering I'm in the army and will be in the army for the foreseeable future, I don't plan on hitting 200 until like five years out. So, eh. what, 2021? Something like that, yeah. That said, who knows if we'll be around, but I hope to. Yeah, I would hope to do so as well. Um, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a great way to just talk magic because one of the things that I would always do when I first got back into magic was I would I would want to talk about it to the people at the store and then eventually i just got the reputation of being the guy who walks up and goes hey have you heard about this and whatever and i just figured i just i'll just talk to a podcast so that everyone can hear my inane rambling <laughs> well the best part is too is like so to kind of recap how we started briefly doc's chat i hope he nah, missed that guy but uh yeah. we roomed together at gp vegas 2015 and after that we were both kind of like hey did you want to do a podcast and we were kind of like trying to find the right time, but I, I was moving. So we delayed it for like a month or two until I actually moved and got settled in. And then we started in March. That's why we didn't start it like maybe in January or. I think it was January was, it was when, I, when I first asked. Yeah, you. it was January when we first did. And like we just delayed it two months until I moved because I was packing my things up at that time. But yeah, the way forward from here is we have 
the time change to, you know, bump it back with um, the Tuesday record Wednesday release as opposed to when we started, which was Wednesday record Thursday release. We're going to try and stick with that as best we can. Obviously, life being what it is with our John's job and my job, they're kind of sometimes interfere with how it records, but we definitely plan on being here and hoping you guys stay with us because guys, mean, we've, guys we've in the understand, a, I gotta say, you all uh, stay yeah. with us. We've gotten a preview card from Wizards, which is exciting. We hope to get more of those. Um, and yeah, we just want to, we're just happy to provide you with uh, our side of the magic's, magic sphere of things. And uh, we appreciate each and every one of you who listens to us. Yeah, with what you were saying, um, what you were saying, like you wanted somebody to just chat with I me, mean, not only just that, but also yeah. once we started talking back and forth, like I guess you're one of my best friends, man. Like seriously, yeah. Likewise, um, just the friendship that developed because of this game, it's great. Magic's great, y'all. Magic is great for community wise. Oh, and what's <laughs> really cool is that I don't know when, but it should be soon because it's this particular season of Kitchen Table Magic. I'm gonna be guesting on that, so you'll have another episode to listen to me talk about stuff on. This in particular hey. is one topic that we've gone 100 episodes and have not had an episode dedicated to it, but moderating chats. <laughs> well, uh, you have thoughts and opinions on that, and you know, it took, if we were gonna have another seething song. Oh boy, that would be my seething song. It would be a moderating chats. Uh, I hope I never have to get to it, but it's there in my back pocket. But no, just seriously, yeah. when, when it comes out, um, I'll be tweeting about it. We'll, we might even talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Because to be fair, I, I think back to that episode, I'm like, oh my God, I would have done like so many things differently and so many things better. I even had notes and everything. And I just kind of like, Bleh. I have a lot yeah. of like, I've been modding for 13, 14 years. You, you, you'll, you forget more things than you remember, than you learn at this point. It's just like, it's crazy. Also. Also, as a reminder, Desert Breast of Hope starts November 9th or 10th. I think it's 9th. Ooh, yeah, they're going to start doing their prize or I can't recall prizes. Ra- not even raffle because raffle is technically legal in certain companies. Giveaways. Giveaways, donation drives, and other sorted uh, auction items. And Wizards always comes through with some spicy, oh, yeah. Wizards spicy always packages with the spice. in terms of like they'll have like draft packages of like here's two booster boxes or a couple sets and some swag or – a whole ton of uncut sheets of magic cards. So yeah. be ready for that. Get your wallets ready. Um, yeah, it's been a hundred episodes, man. A hundred of yeah, them. Yeah, it's been crazy. I've lived in, when I, did, I had just moved to Seattle. You lived in two states. Two states, but I've recorded in a bunch. Many, <laughs> many. Like f- at least five. Yeah. Texas I've recorded in, Washington Arizona. State, Arizona, Del- uh, New York. I yeah. did one for Christmas. I think I did one in Delaware at one point, maybe. Mm. And definitely here in Virginia. So, yeah. yeah. You've mostly right. just done your state. <laughs> that is I've been true. the one bouncing around everywhere. But it's been fun. So, John, let's, let's, uh, let's wrap it up on episode 100. Exactly. You've got modern so, to go yeah, play. If you, yeah, if people want to find you on social media, where can they do you so? You guys can find me on social media on Twitter at DixonIJ. That is D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. That's D-I-X. If you guys see me in a Twitch chat, seriously, say what's up. I'll probably have a uh, mod sword or whatever like that, but just say hi. And yep. yeah, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at JWiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You guys will find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me in a chat room, don't hesitate to say hi. If you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can find us on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, 
or you can shoot us an email at eyesonthemise at gmail.com. We would love to, seriously, we would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening to these past 100 episodes, and here's to 100 more, and we'll see you next time. 100!